Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Man, it's great to be back in the house. Welcome to everyone on home. Uh, last five weeks, I think, last four weeks, I've been watching online and um, it's awesome. It's really good to do that, but I've got to tell you, nothing's like standing here in this presence with you guys, feeling your faith, you know, connecting with your heart, your spirit, and, uh, and you know, standing together as the body of Christ. Um, wow, I, I love that. Um, you know, we, uh, uh, we've um, just got back off holidays and I had a few people ask me this morning, you know, oh, how was your holiday? And I'm kind of like, you know, the, the cliche is, oh, great, it was fantastic, right? But then I can't lie. So I've got this dilemma happening in my head because, you know, we, we went on holidays and we, um, we went up to Noosa for a week this year um, and uh, all the family up there, all the grandkids, uh, I've got three children and ten grandkids um, and their spouses, of course, and so, you know, it's always a wonderful time, but it rained every day. It bucketed down. You'd remember January, first week of January, it bucketed down every day, which kind of wasn't too bad for me because um, I put my back out and I had a bulging disc. Who's ever had a bulging disc? Incredibly painful. So I was on the couch uh, remaining dry over this time. Um, and, of course, um, sadly, one of the, 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 the family members got COVID. And so we all came home early. Um, after that, and of course, um, you know, we moved home and had a couple of uh, weeks at home, and of course, then I got COVID. And so, um, we've just built this new house, and, and under the stairs is this, is this storage room, and um, that's our COVID retreat. <laughs> now, it doesn't have a light, but I do have an iPhone. And, of course, Annie would send me there and I would sit in my COVID retreat uh, because I was diseased and infected and not worthy of common folk. Um, But I could hear them out there laughing and enjoying life, you know. That was kind of wonderful. Um, But uh, then, of course, uh, Monday, last Monday, I registered negative, so you're safe. I've had two negative tests. I'm good to go. Uh, played golf Tuesday, went back to work Wednesday. So when you ask me how my holiday was, I kind of don't know, to be honest. I kind of don't know. But um, I think one cool thing that came out of so much downtime for me was that I got to reflect. I got to look back at, you know, church, it's my life. Look back, uh, you know, over the years and, of course, what we've been through in the last couple of years and, and where we need to head and um, get a bit of a gauge on what we need to do for the future. And the church all over the world, you know, has been shaken over the last couple of years by the, the whole pandemic and, and uh, you know, all that sort of stuff. And um, 
now looking in the aftermath of, uh, I hope, uh, the majority of, of all of that, um, it's pretty obvious we've got to build again. It's pretty obvious we've got to, you know, grab all that we have and let's build from here. And what, what, what do we say at Highway? You can have what you want, you just got to build it. Amen? And so we've got to pull together what we've got and, and we're going to rebuild and um, the vision God gave us um, never changes. God said, get them saved and build them for eternity. That's your job. That's your mission. That never changes. But now we have the opportunity through the value of hindsight to, okay, what did we used to do that wasn't profitable, that wasn't valuable? And how can we rebuild and structure for the future so that we know it's going to be far, far better? That's my job. And so, you know, that was a great time to be able to sit back in my little COVID retreat and, um, and meditate and, and pray and just say, God, where are we going? What's happening? And I thought, you know, maybe we've been encouraging people to love church in the hope that they would love Jesus. But I realised that if you really love Jesus... Loving the church is a given. Why? Because the church is the bride of Christ. Church is the bride of Christ. I don't care whether you like me, but you, you don't like my bride. You've got you to deal with me. Amen? Church is the bride of Christ. And, um, you know, we're going to focus on, uh, focus off the church and I think put our focus on the individual believer to build a new, stronger foundation. And that's you. <laughs> You're quiet. Why are you quiet? You're quiet. Jesus commands us in Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen, and 20. You know what? It's the, it's the, it's the Great Commission. He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the end of the age. And we know it as the Great Commission, but the focus this year, I believe, is about to make disciples. To make this, I've titled this message, Follow Me. That was, that was the, the very words that Jesus spoke to ordinary people. And they had a choice. And I would like him to be able to speak that to you today and say, follow me. And you make a choice. You make a choice. Let's look at one guy in, in the, uh, the Gospel of Mark. Let's look at this guy that, you know, was pretty keen to follow Jesus. We pick it up in um, Mark 10, uh, verse 17. And it says, As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, 
You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. And Jesus looked at him and loved him. So one thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for the camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were even more amazed. And they said to each other, who then can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, with man it is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. And Peter spoke up, we have left everything to follow you. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brother or sister or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much as this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields, along with persecutions, he had to throw that in, didn't he? Had to throw that in, why? Because that's real life. That's real life. And in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. Okay, three things out of this passage of Scripture. You want to follow Jesus and become a disciple of Jesus. You've got to have, number one, a desire to follow. A desire to follow. Jesus, you know, in verse 17, this guy runs up to him, throws himself at the feet of Jesus publicly, and ask the question. I mean, this guy's pretty serious. You can tell this guy's pretty keen. And that word desire means to, uh, to wish or to long for or to crave or to want. This guy had a desire to receive eternal life. Pretty much he had everything that he needed on earth and it's like, well, I'm not going to let eternity slip through my fingers. I'm going to find out what do I need and I'm going, to, I'm going to go after that. I'm going to get a hold of that as well. He had a desire for eternal life but not a desire to follow Jesus. Matthew six twenty four. Jesus told his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. Follow me. Now there are two types of believers I've noticed that those who follow Jesus and those who just walk alongside, those who desire to follow and those who are happy just being in the crowd. Because, you know, everywhere Jesus went, there, there was a crowd. Like people came from everywhere, you know, because of what they could get from him. But the disciples were called to follow, to follow. Now, I learned something 
uh, on holidays when I did my back. And uh, the only thing I could do was walk. And the best thing for me was to get up and walk, keep it moving, keep it going. You know, it's sort of like sitting was, was not great. And, uh, um, you know, laying down in bed, well, that ain't living. So I'd get up and walk. And I'd walk an hour in the morning and an hour at night. And, and I've got to tell you, it just, it really works. It was, my back's got better and better and better and better. But I learned something about, you know, walking and um you know, Ann and I would, would drive down to, to Main Beach and walk that path and dodge those flipping lunatics on those scooters <laughs> that when you're half deaf and you can't hear them coming, they're scary things, I've got to tell you. Scary things. Or we'd go to Paradise Point or, or we'd walk just around where we are. And, um, you know, I just got this real love for walking. Where's Dan? Dan, come on up here. Dan, and, and there's some things I learned about following because when I had COVID I was unclean and so I had to walk you know a a certain distance behind my bride you see um, because that was the rules and uh, so one thing I learned is then just walk off to the end there I I, I realized you have to keep in step if I'm in a hurry I can't I can't be you know I gotta just or if I stop and start to look look around, and, and that you know, um, I lose sight of the person that I'm following. Keep going. And as I would follow, it actually it was actually quite cool, you know, because all I had to do was focus on the feet. All I had to do was look. I didn't have to worry about the cars coming because they would take <laughs> Dan out, or I didn't have to worry about potholes. I didn't have to worry about the pace. I could actually enjoy it and just let my head, you know, go talking to the Lord. And all I had to do was to watch the feet. And see, the disciples understood this in the Hebrew times. It was called the dust of the rabbi. The dust of the rabbi. Now, if, if you were a disciple of a certain rabbi, you would follow them and you followed them that close that the dust off their sandals would get on your clothes. That, that was the imagery. It's like they would learn everything he believed, everything he stood for, everything he understood. They would even speak in the same mannerism, in the same way that, that their rabbi would. Oh, you can sit down. How about you, but I'm tired. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? And so the dust of the rabbi was the principle, so they would follow their rabbi so close. And so intently they would learn everything about him so that when their rabbi left, they would continue on the exact message of their rabbi. And you know, it's the same when we're called to follow Jesus. I tell you, there's incredible peace in it when you just have to look at his feet. So I have to worry about what's happening. I don't have to worry about what's happening over there. I don't have to worry about, you know, trouble up ahead. He's got it covered. I don't have to live in fear and, you know, what, what's, that, what's, that, what's happening? What, it's, no, I just, I just look at his feet and keep walking. It's so peaceful. The dust of the rabbi. And it's a lesson that a disciple must learn. Following Jesus to get so close 
that in time to mimic his behavior so closely that in time people won't tell you apart. People won't tell the difference between you and Jesus. That's not blasphemy, that's an honor. That's an opportunity that God gives to all those who believe. The next thing we need to know, point number two, is that that if you're going to follow like a disciple, you've got to have a heart to obey. A heart to obey. Verse 21, you know, Jesus looked at him and loved him. He said, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Wow, (laughs) this is crunch time, isn't it? Yeah, 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 I got that, done that. Tick that, tick that, tick that, tick that. Yep, yep, I'm good, I'm good. Oh, one more thing. Oh, one more thing. See, is it your desire or is it just a dream? Because if you desire to follow Jesus, it's going to cost you. But if it's just a dream, it won't cost you anything at all. If it's just a fantasy of, you know, oh, you know, one day, one day I'm going to serve Jesus. One day I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, be his hands and feet. You know, one day, you know, I'm going to, you know, make money for the kingdom of God. I'm going to, you know. Who's had those dreams? They don't cost you anything. You can dream all you like. As a disciple... To fulfill your desire, it will take obedience to follow Jesus. Take obedience. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty nine thirty, 30, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the best opportunity you will ever get. This is the best opportunity you'll ever get in your life and it's totally your choice. It's totally your choice. And Jesus is using in this in, in Scripture the example of, of when they yoke two oxen together to plough a field. Have we got a, a photo of that up on the screen? There you go. That thing between the two oxen are the, uh, is called a yoke. And, and what its purpose was, was that they would get a, an older, more experienced oxen and they would yoke them, join them together with a, a younger, inexperienced one. And so what would happen every day on the job, they would, they would go together and the older one would be teaching constantly the younger one. You know, hey, listen, this is how we do it. And the cool thing was that they shared the load together. They shared the load together. What Jesus was saying was the yoke in Scripture we know means teaching, the teaching of the rabbi. So if you're going to be a disciple that follows the rabbi, then then you, you need to obey his teaching. And when you do that, when you, when you are yoked with him, then you carry the load together. You carry the load together. And there's so much security in that. In a world of fear, in a world of confusion, 
in the world where people don't know what's up, where, what's happening, and you're yoked to someone who's got the answer? And all you've got to do is obey. All you've got to do is walk along, follow the feet, keep looking at the feet. And it'll come out well for you. Well for you. So what Jesus is offering his disciples, he says, follow me. Follow me. Together we'll share the load and I'll teach you a better way to do this life. A better way to do this life. Now I'm not an overly spiritual person. I wish I was. And when I came to know Jesus, it wasn't any open heaven and lightning bolts and, you know, pillar of fire and pillar of cloud or nothing smoke, nothing like that. But I came to church and I noticed that these people knew how to do life better than me. I didn't understand it. I didn't even know what it was. But, but, but somehow they were happier. Somehow they, they seemed to have it together. Somehow, you know, they were like up here. And I, was, I was just here and I'm like, you know what? I want that. That was attractive to me. Again, I didn't know the Bible. I'd never been to church my whole life until 25 years of age. So I had no Sunday school. I had nothing. I just walked into a church and I saw it and I said, I want that. As I got to know Jesus, I understood that you can have that. You can get that. It's the greatest opportunity you could ever have in life and it's sitting right at your feet. All you've got to do is obey it. Just got to obey it. It's the greatest thing you'll ever have in life. The world doesn't have that, but you do. You do. To, be, to have the opportunity to be mentored by the best in the world. If you're in a business context and, and you were given the opportunity to be mentored by the best person in the world, in your field, you would be a fool not to jump at it. Amen? You'd be a fool not to jump at that. What could you learn from, from the greatest in your, in your trade in the world? Jesus gives you that opportunity today, every single one of you. You yoke with me. You follow my teachings. You obey my commands and your life will be blessed. You will have the happiest life. You'll be fulfilled. You'll be satisfied. John 14, 23, Jesus said, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching." Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. That's good company. That's good company, isn't it? When you're following, when you're yoked, when you're obeying the teachings of Christ to such a degree that that the reflection of Jesus is mirrored through your life 
and the presence of God, the Father himself comes and dwells at your house. You hope they bring something because that's polite. I find it tragic. I find it tragic to be given every opportunity and, and refuse to accept it. I just can't, I can't calculate that in my brain. You know, I played golf with a guy one day and um, you could clearly see that this guy was brilliant. I mean, he was just pro level plus. And I said to him, I said, mate, Flip, you, you know how to play this game. He said, oh, yeah. He said, uh, when I was a junior, he said, I was in the top five in, in Australia. I went, wow, you know, this guy's pretty good. Two of the other five were Adam Scott and Aaron Badley. So that'll give you a bit of idea. Adam Scott's the only Australian ever win the Masters. And so, you know, this guy was good. He was very good. I said, mate, why didn't you pursue it? Like, that's the obvious question to me. Like, you've got this gift. You've got this ability. Now, why didn't you pursue it? He said, oh, mate. He said, I just like to party too much. I just like to party too much. Those guys have to be really dedicated. They have to practice. Do you get that? Are you, are you listening to the Holy Spirit? So you have the greatest opportunity today to live the best life, a life that the world will envy. You've just got to obey it. You say, Pastor, it can't be that simple. It's that simple. Why would Jesus make it hard? Because then if he made it hard, only, only those who could do the hard stuff could do it and those who couldn't do the hard stuff would miss out. He's not into anybody missing out. We all created equal under God, amen. Equal opportunity, that's what it's about. That's his message. Why is it so hard for us to take this opportunity that Jesus has given us? See, the third thing, the third thing is you've got to have faith in his promises. You've got to have faith in his promises. In verse 29, 30, he says, Truly I tell you, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or feels for me and the gospel, listen to it, and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. That's a good promise. Doesn't sound like a bad deal, does it? You've got to understand what's going on here. You've got to understand what's going on here. He is the God of the win-win. The God of the win-win. See, the more you win, the more he wins. The more you win, the more he wins. His goal, his mission, his purpose for all creation is to get as many people to receive the gospel as possible. 
That's what it's all about, amen? That's why he came, that's why he died, that's why salvation came into the world, so that everyone born can have an opportunity to receive the gospel. And you are the best advertisement he's got to the people in your world. Put up those, those photos, would you? You see, we're the advertisement. That's the message. We're the advertisement. Which one attracts you? The message is the same. Jesus is the answer. But go back to the other one and then come back to this one and tell me, which one do you find attractive? You see, we're looking at our lives as an advertisement, as a reflection of who Christ is, as a disciple who is following Christ. We've got to know, is the world around us receiving the message? God wants you blessed, church. He wants you flourishing. He wants your marriage the best in the street. He wants your kids the most well-behaved, productive, talented, gifted, whatever in the whole street. He wants you blessed beyond measure. Why? Because that's very attractive to the world. Amen? It's very attractive to the world. You look at that first sign, I ain't going to that church. You with me? You have faith in his promises. That's why he's given us the blueprint to live the best life. We have the blueprint to live the best life. The world doesn't have this. They scoff at it. They laugh at it. They've rejected it. But you have it in your hands. And when we obey this, our life gets better and better and better and better. That's the message. Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. I think we sang that this morning. Who have been called according to his purpose. Now listen, we all quote the first part. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. We all quote that and we say, amen. And that's awesome. I received that. Thank you, Jesus. But the qualifier is this, who have been called according to his purpose. His purpose. God's not a vending machine. We can put $2 in and then get a promise back. Jesus is not an add-on to your life. It's not an accessory. It's not someone that you follow and, and maybe you'll get your prayer answered or 
maybe you'll get a promise fulfilled. He wasn't focused on the crowd. He was focused on the disciples. When we decide to leave the crowd and to follow Jesus as a disciple, according to his purpose, according to his purpose, then every promise is yes and amen. Every promise is yes and amen. And I've got to tell you, church, that's attractive. That's attractive. The world is dying for that answer. The world is dying for that opportunity that you have every day. And God wants you. Then we can say like the Apostle Paul in Romans 8.37, know in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. It's going to be a good year, amen? Now our church may not grow, but you will. You will. And that's my mission. You will know God better than you ever have before, that you will live according to his purpose like never before. You won't have to wait for a cancer, you know, condition to come upon your life before you get focused on God. Amen. I've I've spoken to people who have got cancer. Christians who've been in church their whole life, they get cancer and all of a sudden I've got to find God. And the good news is they do. And He's real and He's with them. And almost every one of them have said to me, I wish I'd done that earlier. The years I've wasted just coming to church. Amen. You with me? Let me pray for you this morning. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word upon us. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity in the Spirit of God we've got today that your promises are yes and amen. And we're getting on board. We're getting on board. We're taking a hold of those promises. We are going to apply them to our life. We're going to obey the word and the fruit of that. Whoa, the fruit of that, Lord. Is going to change our life. And the reflection of you in us will change our world. And we thank you, Lord, we're privileged. We thank you for this opportunity. We're excited about what's ahead. Amen. Give him praise. Come on. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.